Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, hello. This is Suzanne Knabe-Nicole with Police Science Doctor. As you can see, I'm back in my usual surroundings. I had to broadcast, well, I got to broadcast from um, a different location, staying with family in Poland for two weeks, um, where everything was a little bit more confusing um, in terms of getting my graphics right, um, but I muddled through, but I'm back on my home computer in my off in my home office, so everything is fine. I hope you are well and not too suffering too much from the heat, or of course, if you're from Australia, Australia and that um, area over there, I hope you're not too cold. So the police science snippets for this week, as you know, I present three police science snippets, which are extracts of research related to the film, to the areas of criminology, investigative psychology, policing, law enforcement, military, everything that's relevant to practitioners um, who obviously don't spend lots of time going through academic journals because they don't have the time and they don't have the access. So I try to find three bits every week that I think might be relevant to you in some shape or form. This is number 88. So I've been doing this for 88 weeks. You get the email sent with the original, with a link to the original research as well. If you go, if you, if you join the police science doctor email list, that's easy to find as free. Just Google police science, go to my website, police science doctor, and leave your details in the form that pops up or is on the bottom of every page. So I hope that you find useful what is going on this week with the snippets. It's different topics as usual, so I'm trying to cater for lots of different people. The first snippet is about school expulsions and the impact on offending. Far from being an effective deterrent, research consistently demonstrates that out-of-school suspensions and expulsions are associated with a host of future problems, such as low educational attainment, truancy, subsequent suspensions, and involvement in the juvenile and criminal justice system. So we know that school expulsions do not work, they make things work worse. And we also know that prison doesn't work in most cases. It also makes things worse, but we still keep on doing it, um, which is a very sad state of affairs and which is the opposite of evidence-based science or evidence-based practice. The second, well, let me know actually, guys, well, let me know what you think about this particular um, thing that I've just said. A bit controversial. Prisons don't work. School expulsions, expulsions don't work. They contribute and feed the problem. They fuel the, fi fuel the fire. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Just comment where you're, wherever you're watching this. Um, second snippet for this week, what police spent their time on. Um, only around half of all police time is actually crime-related. Now, couldn't we do some savings um, there in terms of, I'm not meaning cutting police numbers at all, quite the opposite. I'm saying, couldn't we make, well, let me finish this snippet and then I'll say that couldn't we hand off some of that other stuff to other organizations? They just need to start becoming 24 hours like the police. The remainder is made up of dealing with issues of quality of life. Now, it took me a little while to find out what they mean by that, but it's things like disturbances, um, fights, parking, um, you know, people park in the wrong space, graffiti, vandalism, and all that stuff. It's it's strange term, quality of life, but um, the police deal with that. Traffic, health, and community and proactive policing. Proactive policing is and investigations. Obviously, that is very police related. But in terms of traffic, um, health issues, mental health issues, physical health issues, community issues. The police are overstretched. I don't think they should be dealing with all of that. I think some of the other agencies like 
social services, the council, there needs to have some kind of contact that is available 24 hours, like the police. That's one of the reasons why the police get dumped, have, have, dumped, have everything dumped on them, is because they're 24 hours and they will respond in some kind of way. They will pick up the phone. So if we need police to do more policing, more crime-related stuff, we need to take some of that burden off them and redistribute it to other organizations and individuals who can deal with it and should be dealing with it. Again, what do you think about that? Uh, number three for today is detecting lies in native versus non-native speakers. I'm a non-native non speaker. English is my third language. My first language is German. My second language is Polish. Um, I speak some French. Definitely will have a strong, have a strong accent in French. Um, also, well, have, a, have an accent in every language I speak. Um, so detecting lies, you know, uh, so basically the snippet says non-native speakers are more likely to be suspected of being deceitful than native speakers. Ooh, makes me sound very suspicious now, regardless of the actual veracity of their account. Also, accented speech is often rated as less credible than unaccented speech. I hope you do find me credible, though. Um, but yes, of course, I have. I speak with an accent forever will do in English and um but just think about when you deal with people and they have an accent, do you find them more or less credible or the same? And it's just interesting. It's something to, you need to be aware of when you're dealing with people in a law, in any kind of context, but maybe you know, law enforcement is obviously the context we're talking about today. Are you taking what they say differently because they're not speaking in their native language and because they have an accent. Um, I have published a snippet a while back, a few weeks or a few months back, that said that people who are interviewed in their own language with a translator may, all, may also be believed more than people who are, in, who are trying to do their best to accommodate your language limitations and to be, you know, agree to be interviewed by you in English. So... Um, did I get that right? So people who are interviewed in their native language with a translator might be believed more than people who try to get interviewed in um, in English. So these are the snippets for today. I hope there was something in there that may be of use to you. Again, you know, let's have a conversation about about this. What do you? What is your take on these? Do you agree? Disagree? Have you found any examples in your past? Can you think of anything? Um, and then. You know, let's let's just have a conversation about that. And if you want to get this email to you for free every week, and also if you want to access the back catalog of all the 87 previous weeks of times three snippets each, then you can download all of those from the website if you're on the email list. So when you join the email list, you get sent um, the password to access this the web page where those are held. And uh, I hope to see you on the list soon. You'll be joining many other colleagues from around the world, and I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.